looking crafty. You could make a raft out of pencils and foam. You sure looking happy. Hello. Hi. And welcome to the Stitchcraft Podcast. I'm Eileen. I'm Miranda. And this is episode <laughs> something. Something. It's a number. It's a number. It's a number. It. It'll be on the the title. It's in double digits. We do know it's, that. It's been in double digits. <laughs> I'm aware of that part so far. Yes. 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 We can say that it is um, August eighth, twenty twenty. So uh, mm. if that helps orient you in time, God knows. Possibly. <laughs> that's possibly more relevant than the actual number of our of our podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> Probably true. Um, anyway, yes. welcome. Sorry we've been gone so long. Um, I think that's the way of things because yeah. every time that we don't record, I think that it's either been uh, two weeks or six months since we last recorded. I have, I have no, <laughs> no sense of the passage of time. I, you know, when you uh, wanted to do a little toast the other day, uh, I got a really cool... Um, job title ad uh recently but um she wanted to do a little toast and she was like i can't do it thursday but uh maybe we do it friday or something like that or we can do something tomorrow and i was like yeah i'm down for thursday and she was like miranda today's thursday (laughs) (laughs) well yeah and i had had the same experience the day before where all of wednesday this week i kept thinking it was thursday so i had all these near misses on meetings that I was supposed to be at because Wednesday has more meetings in it for me than Thursday. So if I think it's Thursday, I'm definitely screwing up my Wednesday meetings. Um, So that was fantastic. And then the best part about all of that was that I still managed on Thursday to fuck up my Thursday meetings, (laughs) even though I knew it was Thursday. So the, my, observations of time are just irrelevant now they just make no sense there's just no hope for me it's okay I don't know how it ever made sense I was already a late person all the time so now I'm just really out of it and (laughs) or if I'm on time I'm like what is this what happened what's wrong (laughs) speaking of time um we've had to start giving our cat medicine twice a day and uh I try to separate it by 12 hours if I can so that she's getting the medicine like kind of spaced out as much as she can during the day. And uh, (laughs) the problem is that we weren't giving it to her at a consistent time or with a a sign that she would recognize. So she started just waking us up yowling at 630 in the morning because the medicine comes in half and half. We have to mix her medicine up in half and half. Uh, She's so... (laughs) So she was waking us up at like 6 a.m., 5.30, whenever the sun would start to come up. And she was like, it's medicine time. It's milk time. Exactly. And uh, so I was saying, oh, we should um, match the medicine up with her automated feeder so that she knows that she has to wait for the automated feeder to spit the food out before she's going to get the medicine. And that's the only way to get her to stop waking us up. And my husband was like, well, do you think that we can like consistently do this at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m.? Like, are, you know, we're going to be around. And I was like, where are we going to be? Like, where <laughs> else are we going to be? <laughs> but the first thought I had when I suggested is like, mm, is it realistic that we will really be Always around be. <laughs> at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. every day? Yes, bitch. We're going to be around <laughs> at all times of day for the foreseeable future. <laughs> I was like, the pandemic? doesn't change anytime soon. No. <laughs> so that was cool. I was talking with someone, speaking of pandemic timing, someone, I was talking to somebody and they were like, I really like this girl and they've been seeing each other for a while. And I'm like, oh, are you guys exclusive? Did you like tell her how you feel? And he was like, well, I don't know. Like, what, what, does she even like me? Because we're in, like, would she even like me if it wasn't for quarantine? If it wasn't for this <laughs> pandemic? Like, she, he just, like, went down this rabbit hole. And I was like, okay, well, um, that's a, not a good way to have a conversation with anybody that you like. So, like, <laughs> nope. I was like, I'm at a loss. I don't know what to tell you now. Like, I thought you should really tell her that you like her. But fucking forget it. Like, just, nope. <laughs> and that's where your headspace is. That means- yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. I was like, I, I mean, I get it. But, you know, 
because he was just like, well, what if we quarantine? What if we don't have to quarantine anymore or, or have the pandemic's over? And I was like, it's not going to be over for a while. So you could actually be safely in a committed relationship throughout this entire pandemic. Like you could. Yep. <laughs> you could start and possibly finish one before this pandemic's over. <laughs> <laughs> but I just love that he was like, oh, it's, it's just weird, weird time. I was like, you need to stop thinking about it being different because <laughs> it's not going to be. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. That was... That's not nearly as fun as feeding your cat half and half twice a day. <laughs> but I was just trying to tell him, like, this is your life now. So, like, just mm-hmm. if you let's like just, this person, tell them. <laughs> yep. Yep. Let's just all embrace that this is now and this is the foreseeable future. And yes. wishful thinking about how that's going to change is not going to help you make better decisions about your own personal happiness. <laughs> really isn't. Uh, and on that note... I heard that you made a drink for yourself. I sure did. What did you make? Well, in these quarantine times, mm-hmm. I've decided that um, I need to mix my my good and my bad. I, I need a balance in my life. So I'm having... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, just the idea that you're like... <laughs> I need to mix my booze to achieve balance in my life. Not my booze of my, the good, which is a really healthy juice Uh with some whiskey. Okay. Thank you. No, uh, I'm having, um, there is a local juice shop here in town called Truce and they have like fresh pressed juice stuff. And a friend of mine works there and he brought me a bottle of immunity. So fuck you, COVID. It's out. <laughs> so I mix that and whiskey, and it is delightful. It's very like gingery, lemony. It's nice. I was about to ask. Usually, whenever you see juices that are like pro-immunity booster things, it's like turmeric, ginger, you know, citrus, which is fine, right? Like vitamin C, yes. like that's not going to hurt you. It really, you really can't. <laughs> I saw a really great meme the other day that was like coronavirus entering my body and it was like a cat with laser eyes like shooting off and it was like the gummy vitamins I had in 2007 like just destroying <laughs> this virus and I'm like that's what I'm doing with this drink I'm, I have the whiskey to help but it's really the juice it's gonna it's nail it it's gonna mm. tackle it so anyways yes that's what I'm having it's, so it's kind of like a whiskey sour I guess or a whiskey smash I would say kind of like a whiskey smash it mm-hmm. kind of reminds me of that vibe I really nice. like it. Nice. I Sounds delightful. I feel, I mean, I know I should enjoy this as like its own thing, but it's really good. I don't see whiskey. why. I yeah, exactly. See, balance. Mm-hmm. Balance. Everything in moderation, including moderation. <laughs> I, was, um, I was reminded the other day of, uh, I, I was talking with my mom, um, and, uh, my mom, oh, by, our I, mom. Our mom. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, cool. I always thought I was adopted. Thanks for clearing this up. <laughs> um, so, yes, yeah, so I was talking to mom and um, we were, I can't even remember what we were talking about, but it was something about like uh, having, like having something to access. And Pat was like, oh, I don't know, Ma- Linda, you seem like you're somebody who's really into balance. And I was like, no, she's <laughs> She, Have you met my mom my is definitely more of a, she's like a, more is more and less is a bore. Like that's <laughs> Have you seen that she now wears the dazzled workout clothes? Like, oh, come yes. on, Pat. Like, where yeah. did you? Mom, mom has blowed up in her 70s to wearing literal rhinestones every day. <laughs> every day. Every single day. <laughs> laughing no one can see that I'm doubled over because I'm just like this is not the woman we were raised with like she's always had a thing for sparkles like on Christmas ornaments and like yeah for sure like decorating around the holidays it's beautiful and sparkly but now she she herself is an ornament she is a treat (laughs) Uh, anyway yeah and then (laughs) I started laughing when I said that But I, I, I stated her philosophy in that way. And then um, I repeated back to her that she is the first person to ever quote Oscar Wilde to me that everything in moderation, including moderation. <laughs> and mom was like, oh, not me. And I was like, bullshit, lady. Bullshit. That was definitely you. Definitely. 
<laughs> oh, I love the idea of mom being balanced. <laughs> you can't even have a political conversation there. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> no. No, you can't. You can't even have a conversation with her about something she told you that she thought last week because she has to argue with you. She just loves. Oh, I wish there was a game show called Try Me. Like, I said, like I would just love this show called Try Me. And all of this is Linda Williams like, oh, I'm ready for it. Let's go. <laughs> Give me your opinion. It's wrong. <laughs> and you know what? She she's very open and loving, and I. Everybody who knows us knows and loves our mom too. So like she will get a kick out of us talking about this. But like at the same time, like she argued the Bible with, with my ex-boyfriend. And her argument that ended it was like, it's liturgical, is what she was screaming at us. And so my ex Chris and I are still friends. Thanks, Chris and I are still friends. I'm sorry, I'm trying to get through this without laughing so hard. But once in a while, <laughs> I'll be like, oh, this doesn't make any sense. He's like, it's liturgical, Miranda. I'm like, <laughs> never heard that word in my life, but Linda pulled that one out of the hat. Last year. She did this last year. <laughs> well, she's, the, the epic level of shade that our mom can throw, she brought it down to the level of um, arguing and talking shit about March Mammal Madness, which if you're unfamiliar, if you're unfamiliar, it's a real treat and I highly recommend it. So every March, there's a, <clears throat> this is serious I can, now. I can barely write this. March Mammal Madness. March Mammal Madness. So there's uh, an anthropologist uh, at Arizona State <laughs> named Katie Hindi who puts together, uh, she and then colleagues put together um, a bracket of animals that is like March Madness, like the basketball tournament. And the animals, you know, compete against each other. And what it is, is like the, there'll, there'll be a division like, um, tiny and mighty so that they can really <laughs> and then there's like this past spring it was there was a cats versus dogs section oh. so it's like different types of wild cats and different types of wild dogs um they always have a division that is not mammals so that like the people who are into um reptiles and stuff reptiles, yeah exactly <laughs> birds. Can, can get action birds. yep um extinct animals um so what what will happen is over the course of March, um, she and her friends will narrate fake battles on Twitter between <laughs> these animals. And because of what they know about either the environment that the animal lives in or its natural defenses or whatever, they argue about which animal would win. And that's the animal that proceeds through March Madness. And so Pat and I decided to do it uh, with our friends one year where we actually were taking bets and the bets were um, baked goods that you would make for the winner if you lost oh. or whatever i forget exactly how we the, did it the stakes were high the stakes were high <laughs> stakes were high because people people bet it bet with uh Zerman's baked goods oh and shit. so the the desire to win <laughs> amplified a lot mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. one of my friends had done it and she had decided that the least weasel was gonna win mm -hmm. and my mom was just like least weasel amy <laughs> <laughs> and like, did your mom just talk? I've literally never met your mom before. But she, she just, just like, walked shit. right up to Amy and was just like, really? Least weasel? Weasel? Cool. <laughs> it's, still, it's still to this day a thing that Amy says. Like, all She's like, least really? weasel. <laughs> she is relentless. <laughs> no fear. None. No shame. But you know what? When you run a bar in Northwoods of Wisconsin, one must have the, that ability to uh, let, yeah. She, I don't believe anyone ever fucked with her. I don't think I've heard one thing. I don't think anyone's ever, like, one time someone got over on your mom or this happened. Never. Never you know, ever you know heard the her. only person who did was Jerry. Oh, I remember this. So for those they, of you that... I think you should tell the story. It's good. Short story time. So, uh... My mom and my dad ran a bar in northern Wisconsin. I keep saying my mom and my dad. Sorry. Our parents <laughs> ran a bar in northern Wisconsin. It's okay. I was adopted. No problem, everybody. <laughs> and and um, there was this 
couple who later became our godparents. The, the wife became Miranda's godmother and the husband became my godfather. But prior to all of that, they were just friends. Uh, so Jerry and Velma would come to the bar and have a drink. And Jerry, they were both about four foot even. They were not large people. Nope. And so Jerry would walk in and he would, you know, pretend to flirt with my mom. And he'd be like, hey, Linda, you want to dance? And she's like, no, Jerry. No, I don't. And he'd be like, okay, okay, that's fine. That's okay. And then, you know, two weeks later, three weeks later, a month later, he'd come in and be like, hey, Mar- hey Linda, you want to dance? And she'd be like, no, Jerry. No, I no, I don't. He did this for like eight months, a year. It At was least a, a year. It was, it was a, a long, long road that he took to try to get my mom to dance with him. <laughs> and finally, after whatever period of time, he had asked her at least a dozen times, could have taken, you know, a year and a half. Who knows? This is, like I said, this is a long, long effort that he put in. And finally, one day he comes in and he goes, hey, Linda you want to dance? And she's like, yes, Jerry. Yes, I do. And he goes, well, go ahead. <laughs> He's the only person to beat Linda Williams at her own game. <laughs> that also tells you how much is going on in that town. <laughs> but also it's amazing that he was like, between now and X amount of time, years possibly, I'll get her one day. <laughs> I'll get her one day. And he effing did. It was amazing. And I just remember, like, when mom said it, she was so mad. <laughs> but also, like... Even in the retelling of the story, she stayed <laughs> mad. She's still mad. He's, she's like, he's long past. He got me. <laughs> and I guess it was, like, a full bar, so everyone was like, oh, shit. Because <laughs> everybody had been watching this go on for years. Anyway. No one expected that answer, though. No one ever expected that to actually unfold. That was no. the best part is he never told anybody, like, well, this is what I'm going to say when she says yes. Like, no, no. Just waited and waited. Oh. <sighs> so, huh. speaking of bars and drinking and God knows what else, what's in your cup? <laughs> so, I am having a um, beer called Ring Around the Goza. Cute. I love Very a good pun. Cute. <laughs> it, it, oh my gosh, they continue the pun onto the back, but it's um, a Goza from Single Speed Brewing in Iowa, and the um, it's a Goza with passion fruit and pink guava, and I fucking love passion fruit and beers. I love it so, so, so much. Um, so yeah, so I got this um, during quarantine, actually. I was, uh, there's this um, delivery service that delivers booze if it's made in Iowa so you can order like beer seltzer um but only Iowa (laughs) yeah it's only stuff that's produced in Iowa and you can only get it delivered in Iowa it's called Iowa delivery I think I mean Um, sounds like it what it does (laughs) yep it does what it says on the tin and so uh I, I remember I was looking to see what I wanted was uh my husband has been really um enjoying he's trying to reduce his sugar intake so he started drinking fucking white claw and i was like <laughs> I, you know what i you know what i want to do i want to take care of myself <laughs> start start drinking drinking white white claw. Claw. <laughs> so, so this, is, this is where we are and i was like well there's got to be some local seltzer maker there has to be and sure enough i found that there was a, a seltzer producer in iowa and i can't there were two different ones and i can't remember the which companies they were but once I got on the website and realized that you could order a whole bunch of stuff, I was like, well, shit, I'll just order a whole bunch of stuff all at once and just have like one delivery fee. And this was in there. So I, I'd never heard of it before. Um, it's a limited release. So I don't know if it's gettable anymore. Um, but this is called, so single speed, um, they have like a bike logo and cycling is huge in Iowa, which I think most people know. Um, Lance Armstrong did the registered annual great bike ride across Iowa. It's like a thing that happens every year. Like cycling is really big here. And um, so the brewery is named after that. And this is called their Shift into Sour series. So I'm assuming (laughs) everything is so goddamn cute. Um, And what they did here, which is adorable, it says, so the beer is called Ring Around the Goza. And the label on the back says, a pocket full of sea salt. Passion fruit, guava, we all drink up. 
Well, you know, pocket full of posy, you know, the phrase, you know, the, the kids rhyme is around the plague. Yes. Yes, I do. This is very much a relevant drink Island. <laughs> yeah. You know, I hadn't thought about it until I said it out loud and now, uh, I feel a little weird. <laughs> but it's funny. But it's here also, we are. Like, it's, I don't feel weird. I think this is more of like how fitting I'm sure that's not what they yeah. planned, but it's no, also exactly like, here we are. <laughs> yep. yep. So, so that is what I'm having. I, I've had yes. it before, um, in the house, right? Like this is not my first time trying it, but, um, I, because it's a limited release, I don't have it very often, but today I'm having it because it is so hot here. It is so hot. Oh. It's, um, how hot, how hot is it? How hot is it? <laughs> um, it's supposed to be like in the mid eighties, but the humidity is really high. So it just feels like clammy and gross. Um, so it seemed like a nice time to have something very crisp and a little bit salty and a little bit yeah. uh, sharp. So I'm excited for this. I, it's not, I think it's like 79, 80 degrees here. Sorry, sorry to um, our friend in New Zealand for not giving you the, the right thing, Celsius terming, but um, <laughs> it's like, sorry, one, one point. Um, but it is, it is pretty humid. But now that I have lived in very humid places, I can't tell humidity anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that I'm not suffering because I'm an idiot. But like <laughs> after living in New Orleans and in Hong Kong, the humidity is so high and you're so used to like mold, like especially in Hong Kong, there's like you get mold on your clothes and like yeah. you have to have a dehumidifier year round kind of thing. Um, and in um, New Orleans is pretty sticky, but at least it's like you can get by with an air conditioner. Like Hong Kong is even worse. But like I went on a hike yesterday with a bunch of girlfriends and I was just drenched. Like my backpack was stuck to me. And I was like, guys, I'm not out of shape. Like what is going on? They're like, Brad, it's humid. And I was like, is it? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we're all dying. And I was like, really? And they're like, yes, we're all sweating. Like, do you not see our brows? And I was like, oh, oh okay. Like they, they're like, you don't feel that? And I was like, I, I do, but I'm not sure. And I just assume I'm, I'm not shape. Sure. <laughs> I just like, I don't know. And for people who've like lived up here in the Midwest for so long, when they feel humidity, they're like, oh God, we're going to die. But here I'm like, well, I'm not dead. So yeah. it can't be that bad. No, <laughs> like in, I'm Northern, not... in Northern Wisconsin, if there is a day where your bangs stick to your forehead, people are like, it's disgusting outside. I'm not doing anything outside. Right. Whereas like, <laughs> that's like the whole summer in most places. Right. Like, yeah, summer is brutal like in the south of you know southern united states right so yeah oof but yeah it's just it's very interesting how humid it is and i just kind of like don't know (laughs) i was like huh (laughs) yeah it's weird um well shall we start talking about some projects sure would you like to go first no okay (laughs) (laughs) just fyi to everybody i just woke up from a nap and if you're of this family, a Williams person, that nap needs a good two-hour follow-up wake-up. So I am, yeah. you I am a good doing, defogging afterward. There is also a Coca-Cola right next to me to try to like amplify this a little faster to speed the process up. But um, continue. What would you, what have you been working on? Sure. <laughs> so um, I have been working on the this I, I haven't finished any of the things I was doing. <laughs> but I it's been six months ones. since we recorded. <laughs> so let's see. Um one thing that I was working on, and I am still, but I've taken a little break from it to um work on some other stuff that I'll tell you about. But one of the things that I started working on uh, about a month ago, a few weeks ago, is the um I don't know if I'm gonna pronounce it correctly, but the Kawao. Cowl, K-A-W-A-U, um, and it is by Anne Dewey, and <clears throat> I believe she is a New Zealand-based designer, and I am knitting it in yarn that was selected for me by our friend in New Zealand. Um, so it is, um, it's a cowl that is knit with two yarns held together, a lace weight and a fingering weight. Um, and the lace weight, at, if, if you're a knitter, you know that a lot of the lace weight yarns are, um, they either have mohair or silk or something. There's, they have some like sort of ethereal halo quality, which is why you work with them. 
Um, and so they tend to be really nice carried alongside another yarn where the other yarn sort of has like the body and the thickness and the structure. And then the, the lace yarn has, you know, whatever textural quality you like. So the yarns that uh, were selected for me, um, one is by a company called Dye Happy, D-Y-E Happy, super cute. Um, and the, it's a single ply um, wool and I think it's a wool and possum yarn, but I'm not sure. So possum, New Zealand possum is this interesting thing. <clears throat> I, no one can see my face. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> possum yarn what <laughs> yeah sorry for all the throat clearing um so I uh I haven't looked at a picture of a of a New Zealand possum recently but possum is a an animal fiber that um is really soft um and yeah there are a lot of New Zealand yarns that have possum in them um which I'd never used before I'd always wanted to but I just never really um had a reason to buy a yarn that contained that so, uh, so yeah, so there are some, I don't, I don't know what the, I, I don't know off the top of my head what the special qualities of possum yarn are. Like, you know how, um, alpaca is extra warm cause it's got an, a, a core of air. So it traps, it insulates yeah. better. Yeah. It's a better insulator. Um, I don't know if possum is like a long staple fiber or a short staple fiber or huh. whatever, but it does have this uh, reputation for being soft. And so, um, so that's exciting. So, uh, the yarns I mentioned, so one is from Dye Happy and it's this, um, single ply, uh, fiber. And then the other is, um, from, oh shoot, I'll have to edit it in. I'm sorry. I, I I'm blanking on the name of the, the maker for the lace weight yarn. Um, I think it's goddess yarns. Anyway, um, so the two of them held together make this really nice um, fabric that has both um, some structure as well as this really pretty gentle floof. Like it's not a lot of floof. It's not like Angora. Like if you're thinking about Angora being like extra poofy, it's not like that. It's finer than that. Um, and the colors are really nicely play off each other. So the the fingering weight yarn is uh, like a, a slightly pinkish red. It's, it's a red for sure. It's got more of a pink tone to it than an orange tone. And then the uh, lace weight is a really pretty deep mauve. So when you hold them together, it kind of heathers it a little bit. Yeah. Nice. So, so I'm working on that. But like I said, I, I took a pause from that um, to start knitting something else because of timeliness. I wanted to make sure to finish this other thing in time for uh, the election. So... Um, this is the Empower People shawl by, this one is by Casapinka, but, um, the, uh, the, I don't know what you call it. The, the, it's not an event. It's not really like a movement per se, but it's like a, a collaboration between, um, four different, uh, crafters to, uh, give people um, patterns. So the patterns are free for making um, purple kerchiefs that okay. you would wear to go vote. This is Island jumping in while editing to add some more information about the Empower People project. Um, I'm just going to read from their website, which is empowerpeople2020.com. That is E M P O W E R P E O P L E. 2020.com. They describe themselves as a craftivism project aimed at uniting crafters of all mediums to engage people across communities to spark conversation, engagement, and action in the political process to uphold social justice and human rights. They invite people to knit, crochet, or sew the Empower People bandana and wear it proudly while speaking against injustice, attending gatherings, marching, and voting. Um, and as we mentioned during the episode, um, the fourth craft um, is a variation on the theme, which is Tunisian crochet. So they had selected the color purple, <clears throat> excuse me, and um, there is a knitting pattern, a crochet pattern, a sewing pattern, and a Tunisian crochet pattern. 
And I've been really interested in trying Tunisian Tunisian crochet in the past, but I have never done it. Um, This might be the time that I do it, but I first wanted to just do the knitting kerchief um, so that I would actually get it done. So it's, it's a really simple garter stitch kerchief that you can make in a variety of different sizes because the um, size is just determined by how long you feel like knitting. And then what you do is when you're finished with the, it's basically a tri- like an elongated triangle, you seam it together like so, so it stays in a perfect sort of kerchief shape around your neck or you can wear it oh. you know, over Almost your head, like bandana. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So the, um, there, there is a, uh, an Instagram account for empower people 2020. And the hope is their, their intention is that, um, wearing these purple kerchiefs will, um, lead people to talk about voting and get people excited about voting. And then at the, you know, not in the real polls, because I think a lot of people are going to vote by mail and rightfully so it's a good idea. Um, but that, you know, on, on uh, social media and things like that, you would see people wearing these these purple kerchiefs and know that they are um, voters. So, huh. yeah. And I think they, they picked purple. I do not actually know why they picked purple. But what's interesting is that uh, around the same time that they were getting ready to announce this project, this sort of collaborative craftivism project, um, Stacey Abrams announced that she had a political action uh, campaign, and I'm going to look it up because it's actually, I want to know the name. Oh, her organization is called Fair Fight, and they announced, that group announced with um, Resistance by Design that they were going to be making these purple masks, face masks, that just say vote on them in big letters. Mm-hmm. So it was just, you know, wow, a happy, the, yeah, a happy coincidence that they, um, that they picked basically the exact same color, um, in order to promote the exact same activity, which is voting. So, so That'd yeah, so cool. I'm, I'm probably going to finish this pretty soon. Cause it's a pretty, it's a very simple pattern. Um, and I dug in my stash and it turns out I have quite a few purple yarns because I'm not actually a huge um, wearer of purple, but I ended up, you know, getting it as being part of like various yarn clubs and things like that. And I, I liked the yarns that the purple color came on and my, my taste in color sort of fluctuates over time. So I knew that even if I didn't like purple in the moment, I was going to come back around to it someday. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm knitting this out of, um, plucky knitter cozy, which I know I talked about a bajillion times on this podcast. Um, which is a blend of merino and baby camel. And the color is called Roman Holiday. And it's part of it, it was, um, it's from 2017. It was part of the this series that Plucky Knitter used to do where um, they would release a color every two months that was inspired by uh, a classic film. So it's the color Roman Holiday inspired by the movie Roman Holiday. Um, what's the other thing I've been working on? Oh, I, um, have also been working for my birthday, which was just a couple weeks ago, I got a coloring book and I've gotten several coloring books, you know, adult, like targeted toward adults. Um, but I sort of, I tend to like color one thing in them and then I don't keep doing it because knitting is really the thing that I do when I'm stressed out or when I'm not stressed out. It's the thing I do. <laughs> I was like, it's just the thing you do like breathing. <laughs> <clears throat> but, um, this coloring book I got very excited about. So this is from my friend Shar and her husband, Jeff, and they got me a book called, uh, the beauty of horror Ooh. by Alan Robert. Um, and this just, speaks to me on an aesthetic level. So I'll show you the one that I've been working on. It basically looks like a, oh. a, a zombie, uh, I don't know, 18th century, a Victorian zombie mm-hmm. in a picture frame. I um, love it. <clears throat> it's like yeah. fancy horror. <laughs> yes, it's fancy horror. It's very fancy horror. And she got me some colored pencils, so I'm working with that. I don't know that I love... Um, 
colored pencils for coloring, I like they they seem like they would be a good idea, but they never give me the richness of color. I know. I, I'm I'm a marker person. Yeah, I have I'd a set. Of I think I'm going to go back to that. The other thing I'll say though is that colored pencils have different hardness, and many yeah. people forget that. So like, depending on what you buy, you might really hate them. Versus like Prismacolor, the best. Prismacolor yeah. standard, the softest, the most wonderful for richness. Yeah, so I might I might invest in a set of those, but I, I definitely have markers that I can go back to, and I just kind of didn't get them out because um, I wanted to try the pencils. Mm-hmm. So, and then the final thing that I'm working on is um, I'm still making masks, uh, but now I've sort of made all the fabric masks that um, it seems like people that I know, like friends and family, are requesting. I think people are kind of, they have the stash that they need. Um, so what I started doing was I started making masks for the salon that I go to, Honeybee Hair Parlor, so that they can sell them because they obviously um, want people to wear masks when they come to get their hair done. And some people, you know, still don't have their own masks. Like they, they sort of use the disposable ones from wherever and they don't have reusable fabric ones. So, um, so I am making the masks. I give them to... Uh, Joanne at Honeybee and then the masks p- different people are making masks for her and so the people who make the masks um, work with her to figure out where the money is going to get donated to because Joanne doesn't keep it for herself so um, for my masks all of the money is being given to the Center for Afrofuturist Studies um, which is a, a University of Iowa uh, center that um brings together um, artists to do um, residencies and um, public, you know, displays and installations and stuff like that. And it's just all um, all about Afrofuturist art. And it's super cool. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited. It seems like people are buying the masks, cause, obviously, because they want to support the, the center. Um, so I'm making as many of them as uh, we think will sell. Awesome. That's yeah. wonderful. How about you? Well, um, so I would say that I haven't done any major crafting projects. I've been, um, I would say that I'm taking care of myself by fixing holes in my drywall. Mm-hmm. And uh, I decided that's to a like, craft. That's it's a project. A, it's a fucking craft. I'll tell you that. No, I've been um, reframing art um, or finally framing art. I think right. that's been a. Because that's, let's be real. Um, and I'm not buying expensive frames by any means, but um, I am just finally getting stuff up on the walls. But when my ex lived here, he had this thing for, uh, what's the word? They're anchors. They're like anchors oh, to put yeah, in the yeah, wall. Yeah. But yeah. he was like obsessed with these metal ones because he's like, you never throw them away, blah, blah, blah. But they were just too heavy for the drywall. So it's caused really big holes. Mm. So um, I've had to yeah, do a lot more spackling and things like that before I can hang the rest of my art just because, you know, but like it involved me going to like, you know, the store and getting my paint matched and all those things. I'm that person right now. So anyways, so I've been doing that. I've also been um, repotting a lot of my plants. You need to repot at least once a year, depending on like the growth of your plant. And if they like to I'm be looking right now at the little plant, um, the little sad plant on my desk that probably needs to be repotted. I didn't know. Oh, oh yeah, you should. Um, not, and it's, some love being root bound and like, you know, in a smaller pot, like it's a big mm-hmm. egg, but like um, <laughs> others really thrive upon that. Um, and I finally have just, ooh, I've decided I cannot grow edible things. That is, oh, that is like a, vegetables and stuff. Vegetables and herbs. I'm sorry. I am. Really? I look, it's not going well. Everything mm. I kill. Oh. Um, but all my house plants that are probably poisonous. Fantastic. Like resilient. <laughs> resilient. So, um, yeah. So I've been doing a little bit of stuff like that. And then as far as my activism goes, I'm still giving tarot card readings and donating a hundred percent of what I receive for my card fees to um, local black charities or fundraising events or to also give to um, people who are organizing protests and things like that for their resources. So that is, that's where I'm at. That's what I'm doing. And I've been, as far as work, 
everyone knows I'm a designer. <laughs> everybody knows. <laughs> everybody knows I'm a designer. <laughs> I just heard myself. <laughs> but um, I, it's right now my start of my busy season. I'm working on fall 2021. Um, and I just got done doing my concept designs for, for girls denim. And it's just, it takes a lot of your, your energy. So like my creative potential of like when you would normally like Google and research cool ideas and things that you want to make, that's me doing that for work constantly mm-hmm. for, you know, weeks on end. So it's just been kind of, I haven't had a lot of creative energy, but I've been trying to at least do things, do other things around the house. Mm-hmm. And then of course, donate wherever I can. It's really nice to become a weekly do- like donor to things as far as like giving my funds and finding things that I want to give to. So it's been, it's been good. But that's well, and it, you know, in regards to like your, um, you know, patching the walls and stuff like that, I feel like that kind of stuff is the essential work of building the canvas for deciding what you want to have it look like in the future. But it's really hard to imagine any of those things if you don't have the blank slate yet. Ready. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, ah, <laughs> I better get to work on this. <laughs> it's, and it's like my ex has been moved out for over a year now. And I continue to keep certain things in certain places, but I'm just like staring at them. I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense now. Like I got to move this. I got to change that. You know, like it's just, you know, you get stuck in in a rut. So I've been trying to like, it'll be a little better about that. Well, I feel like, I mean, our house is the same way and nobody moved out. Nothing has, nobody moved in, like nothing has changed. It's just, um, you know, I kind of started putting things in places and we did try to make a big push to have, um, the main areas decorated so that we didn't feel like we were living in somebody else's model home, you know? So in the living room, (laughs) like our art is up in the living room and I'm really happy with it. Um, But as the same, it's the same shit that I did in my old house. My office is the last thing that I bother with. And I think part of it is that um, I, when I come in here, I'm coming in here because I need to work. And so I don't want to refocus on putting, you know, things up. So you see, like, behind me are the the prints that you gave me, which I love. And I'm, I'm really happy with those. And I'm really happy with um, where they are. And there are a couple other prints like that, too. But I have a gigantic big blank wall. Um, and the same is true in our guest bedroom. And I think it's because I'm afraid to commit to it and then not like it and then have to fix it. Even though there's absolutely nothing about that that's permanent, like literally nothing about that is permanent. And I'm still terrified of it. And I don't know why. Um, And then in my office in particular, I think the other thing that I'm afraid of is um, that I think I, I have a sense of, of when I see a piece of furniture, if I like it or don't like it. Um, but I'm not good at deciding if it fits well with the other things that I have, or if it fits well with my needs, which sounds so stupid. Like you should have a sense when you go shopping, like what is, what did, what do you need? Do you need a thing for clothes or do you need a thing for books or do you need a thing to hold (laughs) your computer up? Right? Like it seems like it should be so simple. And yet, um, and I think this is probably just like my underlying anxiety, that runs through all aspects of my life, but it, it flares here because it's the one place where I haven't tried to do anything about the anxiety, <laughs> you know, um, that this is where I become paralyzed. And I, I still can't, so I'm not happy with my office. Like if anybody ever came in and was like, oh, do you like the layout of your office? I'd be like, no. I don't. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> and indeed I never have. Not in my old house, not in my current house, even though my current house was a house I picked. I picked the furniture to go in the office, all these things, right? It's just like, I can't quite, um, yeah, I can't, I can't quite do that. And, um, once something has gotten established, just like you were saying, like once it's been established, it's as, it's like, it's permanent now. So I have a, uh, my old trunk from college, like my, my steamer trunk. Mm -hmm. Yes, I still have that. And I use it for holding um, sweaters that I knit because they're quite, the, the sweaters that are hand knit tend to be bulkier. And so I, I don't want to like cram them into my dresser. So I just keep them in this steamer trunk, which means that now that steamer trunk is stuck. It's here now. It it's forever. It's now a forever <laughs> piece of furniture. As opposed to saying like, you know, Williams, you could get a different piece of furniture 
that would serve multiple purposes instead of just this one steamer trunk that can't serve as a table because it sits too low to the ground and it can't serve as a trunk because you've already got shit in it and it's taking up space so you can't put it and it, it yeah yeah i oh i feel this i feel this very much like it's in the yeah. house it's mine now it's permanent and i owe it i owe it life <laughs> i owe it like <laughs> i'm obligated now <laughs> right <laughs> It's like, I'm trying to think of a good example, but yes, I hear you exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, so, and I keep saying like, oh, you know, I'm going to, on one of these weekends when I don't have anything to do, um, I'm just going to like start looking through furniture, but I tell you nothing. I, I, okay. there is not a single type of shopping that I get fatigued from faster than furniture shopping. Really? No. I mean like I, if it's, if it's furniture shopping for fun, like if one of my friends wants to, you know, needs a new desk, I'm like, ooh, let's go, right? Because I love looking at it. I love furniture design. I love like looking at different aesthetics. I love all of that. The problem I think is that, and this is something that you and I have talked about before, is that um, even though I do not, I do not have to worry about finances, right? I'm in a very lucky position that I have a job that pays well. I am not in the process of getting laid off, right? Like there are a lot of things that that have worked out um, well from that perspective. And yet when you grow up poor, mm-hmm. the idea of spending money mm-hmm. <laughs> creates physical discomfort. Like I get tense, I get my stomach feels clenched up, like everything feels very tight whenever I'm thinking about spending money on something, even if it isn't that much money, right? Like it doesn't have to be several hundred dollars for me to become nervous. It can be $30 and I'm still nervous about it. Like I I had, I had buyer's remorse over a $2 tank top once. I told you this. Right. It's, you just, I'm like, oh God, do I, should I do this? Yeah. It's, and what's funny is when I, when I donate money, or when I buy something like to support somebody's uh, creative endeavors or or whatever it might be, no problem. Oh, I, I tip Absolutely heavy. no problem. I tip heavy like a motherfucker. Yep. I am just like, well, not my money. <laughs> like, I don't know where I all of a sudden, I'm like, it's not mine, it's yours, go yep. for it. But like. Yep. And when it comes to like, <laughs> yeah, when it comes to paying, and this is funny because I'm now realizing like how backward this is. But when it comes to paying people for their job, right, like somebody, you know, um, mowed the lawn or somebody trimmed the trees or whatever, like I'm, I don't haggle over the price that you said it was. I'm like, okay, you say that your work is worth this amount of money. That is the amount of money that I pay you. And I never sweat that, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm like, okay, well, that's the budget. Like the budget for getting the trees trimmed is high. And that's just how it is. That's not a problem. But buying the thing for me is suddenly like, oh, oh am, no. I worth it? am I worth <laughs> spending this money on myself? I'm just going to keep this trunk from Myers that I bought when I was going to college, you know, X amount of decades ago. And I'm just going to keep it. And it's covered in punk stickers. Half the bands I don't even like anymore. <laughs> that, <clears throat> that's a deep cut. That was deep that's- cut. But it's okay. But it's, true. <laughs> it's true. Absolutely true. <laughs> so oh, here we are. It's okay. I kept my trunk for a really long time. Yeah, I, I I like it. I actually keep putting new stickers on it. So now half the stickers are like old. Why well, was not even half? Probably like thirty percent are punk and ska bands. Thirty percent are um, breweries and knitting. Like my two and then a third of them are like political stickers, um, you know, about um, like uh, marriage equality and uh, domestic violence intervention project and stuff like this. So it's like it's, know, it's growing with me. It's growing with me. You and I have had a, a chat about this before, but s- certain people love stickers. And they love stickers so much. They love stickering things. They especially love stickering water bottles. There is something out yep. there that I don't understand. But I don't want to sticker things because as a poor person or a former poor, poor person, you're going to make it look bad. It's going to look right, old. Right. It's, it, gonna, it's, yeah, it's not going to look as nice as it could look. 
it could look a lot nicer and you want it to last. So mm-hmm. like, there's like this mentality. But when we both bought our trunks, we were like, this is where we can put them all. Like we were, <laughs> it was exactly like, it is, there was something about it. you did it. Then I bought one. I was like, I got covered in sticker too. Like I got to get it all out over here. Yeah. But like, I know people who are just like, oh, they cover their car in stickers. They cover everything in stickers. I'm like, oh, oh God, mm-hmm. what if you want to sell it? Like, I just immediately yeah. go like, you got to get your money's worth, you know? Immediately, <laughs> <laughs> I go through, like, the, the economics of having stickered that item. <laughs> your face right now. No one can see your face, but your eyes are, like, looking up to God right now with your hands up, like, the economics of stickering an no, item. It's <laughs> true. Which, I mean, let's be perfectly honest. If somebody is selling a car that you want to buy, you're not going to not buy that car because there's a sticker on it. You can remove the sticker. But in my head, I just can't. It's permanent. I cannot. It's permanent. Island, if you buy that car, it's you now. It's your personality now. Like, (laughs) you didn't go to Morehouse, but you did now. Like, now it's on your car. So (laughs) you didn't go to a historically black college, but here you are. This is your your car now. (laughs) Exactly. Um, exactly. Oh, so funny. Um, well, I realize we could go on forever, but shall it we is, talk about some gold stars? It is time. It is time for gold stars. All right. I'll, yeah, I'll start. Um, so my gold star is the underground plant trade. Mm. Have you heard of this? That's yes, now. both boring and spicy. I don't yeah. know how to feel about it. The guy who runs it, the spiciest person I've ever seen. Okay. on Instagram. I post his videos all the time. He always gives... Oh, I know what you're talking about now. I didn't yeah. realize you were talking about that guy's account. All right. Yeah. It's like D- DJ Freedom or something. Mm-hmm. And then he, ha- he has like, he always says his full name, but I'm always like, I-, I can't ever fully follow because I'm just we'll like... Tag mesmer- him. I'll tag him, but I'm mesmerized by his videos because it is chef's kiss <laughs> of how to deal They're with They're awesome. <laughs> it makes me want to think about buying plants. It <laughs> wow, that's pretty big. Wow. It's big for me. Um, so the reason I bring this up because he had started this. Um, he's the underground plant trade was originally as like a plant reparations idea, and I kind of thought it was cheesy at first. I'll, I'll be completely honest. I wasn't. I was like plant reparations. Like the doesn't that kind of like minimize or devalue the conversation of real reparations? And sure. a friend of mine was like you need to think of different terms other than financial, like money reparations right now. Um, And he was like, all things of value, all things that um, are been favored in whiteness, like gardening is pretty, Mm -hmm. a pretty white focused thing in the United States, not everywhere, but here it is. Um, And so he was just like, this is a really great opportunity. This friend of mine, he was like, this is a great opportunity for you to give something that isn't, it's not based in power and money. It is based on, a love it of a similar craft, you know, and plants are expensive. Like the planting world, like the planting world, the gardening world is very big right now. Everyone loves collecting plants. They say that millennials are buying more plants than buying homes because mm-hmm. you can't afford a home. So like the closest thing you can do is beautify the apartment that you have with, you know, all your student loan debt kind of thing. So, uh, nonetheless, so I, a friend t- kind of talked me back into it because I was like, this is kind of cheesy. But now I'm like, oh, I get it. So on the underground plant trade, they post a state. Ev- ev- all the posts on there are of a certain state. And if you're in a state, you go to that post and you say what you have to give a black or uh, uh, or a person of color of any kind um, what plant you have to give. So I have a plant that is constantly growing. That's purple zebrina. I've had oh, that mul- one is really pretty. It's really pretty. And I think a lot of people, I, when I first looked at a plant like this, it was out of my price range because it was mm. just such a big, luscious um, hanging plant. Right. But and like the bigger plants took somebody longer to grow. So you're going to have to pay more for them. Right. Yeah. And I just so happened to get a cutting of one because a tornado had gone through um, this area and the nursery was like all beat up. Like nothing was like awful and terrible, but a lot of things had broken off. And so as I was buying another plant to like help the nursery out, I was like, Hey, can I take this, this piece that fell off? And they're like, yeah, sure. And it has been the gift that kept on giving. Like I have so much of it. I know. That was really nice of them. It was. And so that's the one that I've been signing up to give to other people. And 
a part of that is also like making the effort to get to them. Mm It's not everybody that is posting on that has resources like a car or resources like time. So that has been my, uh, it's been my new thing. And I've been reaching, I've given out three plants so far. I've got another one this week. And I think I'm in the process of maybe getting, I, I have to see if I can start doing another purple plant that I have. I need to cut and see if that will, um, propagate as if it'll take. Yeah. Yeah. And so sometimes I'll give them a full potted plant if I have that availability, but other times I'll just give them a lot of cuttings and just, you know, it's been so good to me that I'm like, dude, this propagates like crazy, like the gift that keeps on giving. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's been like a really big, um, source of, uh, doing something that doesn't cost me really anything. Mm-hmm. I, it cost me gas money. That's about it. But I love the idea of sharing, uh, something that I got into recently with somebody else who either they're already into it or it's something new for them, you know, either way, but someone else will appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And I just, I didn't even think about it until this friend told me when I was saying like, don't you think this minimizes the conversations of real reparations? And he was like, no, he's like, plants are expensive. And we constantly, as people who love plants, give cuttings to our friends but how white is your circle? Like, how are you giving just plants to people you know? Like, you should give pe- plants to people you don't know, and especially to people who don't have the resources that you have been so lucky to have. Or, you know, they don't feel safe going into a gardening shop, or they don't right. feel comfortable to having these conversations because it's just a lot of stress. So it's been a, it's a, sorry, I make it sound like it's a heavy gold star, but I, I'm just so appreciative that this started. And I'm glad I changed my mind on it. I'm glad I got some perspective from other people. So. Yeah, I think I think it's a really, really important conversation to have because I think, um, like you said, uh, for a long time, white people just didn't talk about reparations at all. Like some some small cadre of white people did, but mostly they didn't talk about reparations. And so now that people are starting to, to have that conversation, yeah, cash reparations are really important like that it that it doesn't it doesn't become unimportant well I guess what I'd say is cash reparations are important and it is not the only form of reparations that exist and so I think people sort of um it's very easy when you're trying to like decide on an action you can do to to narrow down too fast and pick one thing and decide that you're going to do that or um, hear other people talk about one thing and be like, oh, well, I can't do that. Like I just got laid off or I, you know, I have to take care of these other financial obligations. I can't do, I can't do this thing. Um, but there is room in reparations for all forms of creativity. Um, partic- and I think that that conversation is a lot easier, um, to find also, like I've, I've learned a huge amount. I, we've talked many times about, um, fucking up your algorithm on Instagram and so by intentionally searching for people who talk about um, protest and talk about racial justice and talk about reparations and talk about unlearning, um, when you search and follow those people on Instagram, you get other things brought to you that you didn't go hunting for, right? So it can be a really good learning tool that's better than a Google search almost. Absolutely. Because it sort of yeah. pulls things for you that you didn't know were search terms even, right? Like in order to find it on Google, you have to know what the term is. But on Instagram, um, you can just follow people who are interested in these types of conversations and new things will come to you that you didn't know to look for, which I have found um, really, really helpful. Excellent. No, I I love that we are all on the same page when it comes to like, you have to actively go and fuck up your own algorithm. It is so easy to just keep scrolling and going, oh, this is for me. This is for me. Oh, I love this. Oh, my God. Like, no, I have to go and find other things all the mm-hmm. time. And I think it's it's also just like um, after a while, you're curious. You just want to. I will go down rabbit holes of so many different things. Oh, my God. It's yep. wonderful. Um, so, yeah, that's my gold star. What's your gold star? Cool. Um, my gold star is far less um, introspective and thoughtful than that. And but perhaps I'm sure I'm, you know, what I'm now that I'm saying it, I'm sure there's a way to talk about it and do this in a way that could be more revolutionary, but my gold also, star, there's, there's room for all things right now. It doesn't have to be like uh, <laughs> next level. Like, I think uh, there's been many 
episodes where you're like, this is what my gold star is for. And I was like, oh, cool. I really like this pen. It's really nice. <laughs> well, that's about where we're about to be with my gold star, which is that um, I, there are going to be a lot of people who are sad about this. I'm not sad. We are coming toward the end of summer. Mm-hmm. I do not like this summer. Okay. I am not a hot weather person. I'm not a humid weather person. I don't like any of that stuff. The only version of summer that I like is being in the woods when you mm-hmm. wake up in the morning and you still need to wear sweatpants because it's still cold. And then at the peak of noon, it's warm enough that you can go swimming in the lake. That's the only version of summer that appeals <laughs> to me at all. Um, but without having had summer, you cannot have end of season fruit. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, end of season fruit is so good. Oh my God, it's so good. Um, so there's, um, it's not quite end of season yet, but we're like hitting peak for things like blueberries mm-hmm. and like see- blueberries in season. Once you've had blueberries in season, mm. You'll not be fucking with other blueberries at other times of the year. You just like, I don't want this garbage, this waxy, weird garbage that's in the store. There's there's a multitude of reasons to not purchase anything from Driscoll's, for example. Exactly. Also Driscoll's. Fuck Driscoll's, for sure. Fuck Driscoll's in general. But in specific, in the wintertime, no. No. No strawberries. No blueberries. No. Y'all don't need that. No, no, no. It's not the time. It doesn't taste right. No. It's like a tomato in December. No. No. So right now, (laughs) all these tomatoes are ripening. Um, I just had peaches this week. And Mm. I'd like, I'd forgotten because I just don't, uh, this whole summer, right, has been like a a hot garbage fire. And I just, (laughs) (laughs) it's true. Um, And I had forgotten to look forward to this time. And then I just sort of was like, oh, you know, it's time for my weekly groceries. Um, and I still get mine, uh, you know, brought out to the car. So I'm not going into the store to like search for these things. But again, on the algorithm, someone um, was like, mm I love a summer peach. And I was like, oh, summer peaches. And I put them on my order and they came to the house. And I was like, oh, my God, they're so good. So my, my gold star for right now is you know we're in mid-august and the the fruit is so good and the vegetables are so good the other thing that's really good that i i highly recommend i think a lot of people don't think about this is that your local um orchards and farmers markets are going to start having to um, try to offload their produce um because you know it doesn't last that long and so at our local orchard um, you can go and buy, you know, blueberries by the flat. And there's a lot of fruit that freezes really, really well. And blueberries are one of those things. So like, it's not the same as eating a fresh blueberry. I get that. But in the middle of winter, when you pull those out and make like a blueberry compote to put on your pancakes, oh, it makes the winter seem less bad. Absolutely. And also you're not supporting Driscoll's. Yes, exactly. You go out and buy all, like buy excess of it now while it's in season, and the prices aren't that high because it's in season. Right. It will also be delightful. And I can think of very few fruits and vegetables that can't survive a freeze, right? Like I said, they won't be the exact same as as having them fresh, but you can still cook things with, and that flavor is still there. Exactly. That oh, seasonal sugar is there. I think I think I really like your gold star because it reminded me, especially this week, I've just started to look up cottages and cabins to be by myself, like to get out of town. Like I just want to get out of town because I was like, I feel like I'm squandering my summer like indoors. And right. right. Because we can be outdoors. You just can't be outdoors in a crowd (laughs) with others. Right. So I was like, how can I find a small thing that is distance? I can take my dog, blah, blah, blah. And it just reminded me, like, as you're talking about the summer fruit, like, this is a really good time to, like, earmark where you are in the summer. Because we naturally are just plowing through this because of the pandemic. Every day feels the same. And not to go all the way back to how we started this podcast, you know, today. But the the idea that you you need some check some check-ins 
Like mm-hmm. people look forward to pumpkin spice lattes. I'm not a fan, but everyone else loves it because it's a sign of something. So yeah. like, I think that getting out and getting local fruit and vegetables right now, you should just truly enjoy it. Like I overbuy my produce, which is bad. We have a lot of food waste in this world, but there is a number of things that I buy that I know I'm going to use up within the week. And I love going to my farmer's market because it's a socially distanced farmer's market. And I, that's where I buy the majority of my food right now because I try my hardest not to go to grocery stores to go inside kind of thing. But, um, I don't know. It just makes me really happy. I like, I almost didn't go to the market today and I'm so glad I went because I got to see what was in, you know, in season. I got Brussels sprouts today. I, mm. you know, everyone's selling corn right now. Cause it's, you know, that initial time. So like, it's, it's just a great time to really enjoy the things that make whatever region you're in, you know, there's, everything has a season. So like, get yeah. out there and, and enjoy. And every region has things that they are uniquely well suited to grow. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's, there's something to be had there that's special. It is. I think that's a great gold star. Um, well, I think that's it for us. Yeah, it is. Thank you guys so much for listening. We're glad that you're with us. However many of you, there may be five, six, whatever. Um, you can find us on Instagram at, at Stitchcraft Sisters and uh, our website, stitchcraftsisters.com. Um, we do have a Ravelry group, but Instagram is the place that you find us. We are definitely on Instagram and Instagram will ping us when you, you know, have suggestions or ideas or comments or anything. So yeah, let us know what you guys are into at this time of year, because it is a beautiful time of year. Um, you know, if you enjoy the sun, which I don't, but hey. Uh, not everybody is a goblin that hides in their house. (laughs) I I definitely own, I own a lot of swimsuits, but I own a lot more hoodies. Mm. So like, I, I do have like this inclination to fall. I'm really excited for it. I'm, I'm with you on this. Yeah. Oh, I'm ready. But, but please tell us what you guys are digging for summer because we should enjoy it. We should know. I think it's, it's a good time to celebrate it. Even if it's hot and sticky. (laughs) Exactly. Well, thank you guys right. so much, and we'll we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.